Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. There's two pieces of news items, all right, that you're on a, a need-to-know basis here today for the Pittsburgh Steelers, all right? The first one is that practice is not here on the campus of St. Vincent College. If you missed us in the last hour of the show discussing this, if you're not somebody who's, you know, on Twitter and Facebook and social media and everything all the time to get these type of announcements, uh, the Steelers are holding practice just a few minutes down the road at Latrobe Memorial where practice was scheduled to take place on Friday night for Friday Night Lights. Uh, that was, was uh, canceled due to weather. Uh, today, that's not going to be a concern. It is a beautiful sunny day, uh, Monday here in Latrobe. So they're going to hop on the buses. All eight of those buses are lined up across the hill from me, uh, and they will have an open practice, free to the public. You don't need a ticket, none of that. Uh, just show up at Latrobe Memorial. Practice begins at 155, and you've got Arthur Motes and I until just then. That's the first piece of information. The second piece is obviously that the Steelers signed a former JMU Duke, Rondell Carter, an edge rusher, uh, to throw Throw into go. the mix uh, at an edge position that we've all discussed. And, you know, a little unsettled, not panicked, but a little unsettled uh, to this point. You know, still still waiting for, for some, uh, some options there, some depth there to emerge. Uh, certainly that's another one of those things that we'll be keeping an eye on. Uh, as we get ready for the first preseason game at the end of this week, Saturday night against the Seattle Seahawks at Acrisure Stadium. Arthur Motes, some uh, some NFL breaking news here as well, too. I, I like it when things happen during the show, you know? Man, doesn't that make our life easy? Come on now. We don't. Hey, we ain't going to complain when the good uh, football guys give us these nuggets like this, no? We, uh... I mean, are they Chick-fil-A? Are they McDonald's? I mean, I'm, I'm good you know with they whatever. Chick-fil-A, the best in the business. Come on now. Uh, you know, you and I <laughs> joked last week about when Chris Boswell got his contract extension that matched Justin T- Tucker as the as the highest uh, kicker in the National Football League. How, yeah. oh, come on, couldn't you have given him 50 cents more, you know, just to make him the highest paid? Come on, couldn't we have given him a dollar more here? Come on, make him the highest paid kicker. Well, that would have only lasted a few days because, you know, Justin Tucker was not having sharing that throne. <laughs> The Ravens just announced a four-year contract extension with their kicker, Justin Tucker. It will pay him a million bucks more a year than Chris Boswell's new Whew, deal, deal right. as well, too. Okay. Big so, flex. So, Big flex. Right. Okay. so Boswell's, right, Boswell's deal was about a $5 million average with, a, with 12 and a half guaranteed. The one that uh, J- Justin Tucker just signed moments ago, well, he probably signed it this morning or last night, that was just announced moments ago. Uh, 17 and a half guaranteed and 6 million per average NFL's highest paid kicker. 
so, Motsi, I, I guess No, even... I'm mad with Omar, man. Omar, yeah, why couldn't? Boswell could have had it for a no, week. He could have had the title. Because no, now I feel like they just got one up on us. We didn't want them to one up us, and they just got a one up on us right there. Oh, come on, man. We supposed to be like, yeah, y'all finally caught back up to us having the highest paid kicker. Now, you know, <laughs> we can't say that. Jeez, Louise, man. It's crazy. It absolutely is. The dream was short-lived for Boz. And Justin Tucker now has a brand new contract that makes him, yes, uh, clearly the highest paid kicker in the National Football League. And, and, and still underpaid. <laughs> uh, you could certainly <laughs> argue that. You could, I mean, you could certainly argue that. He mm-hmm. got them, I mean, just alone last year, got them out Think of two or, two or three stadiums. What was that? A hun- uh, not a hundred. I just was about to say 109. That would have been ridiculous. What, what, what was that That kick that he hit against Detroit? No, 66. That's 66. Absolutely. 66. 66. That's the new record. That's Long the new record. NFL history. Off the, uh, off the crossbar and in to win that game and break yeah. Lions. Uh, the Lions had a couple weeks there of just crushing yeah. defeats um, before they were finally able to get off that schneid. Like, not just losing games. Losing games in heartbreaking fashion with a, a 66-yard field goal at the death. Um, yeah, Justin Tucker, uh, now the highest-paid kicker. Uh, but shout-out to Chris Boswell, still getting the bag that he deserves. Gotta uh, get the bag. Yeah, we're, we're no longer really, I don't think, right? Are, were we done with contract extension watch for, for now for this for this uh, cycle um, in Steelers land? I mean, Mika got, Mika, got, yeah. Yeah, Mika got paid, Boswell got paid, Deontay got paid. Yeah, we, we, we paid everybody we need to pay. I'm trying to think who else, because um, Devin Bush was the only other guy that Correct. was contract stuff, and we declined the option. So for him, nothing new there. Robert Spillane, nothing new on that front. Well, I did think um, of one more. I did think of one more. One Highsmith, more. but you would wait till next year for Highsmith. One more, though. Your, uh, your Holden still hasn't been addressed. Oh, you're right. Yes, yes, correct. Well, technically, it, it did get addressed, hence the reason why you hear me um, – over here, and you're over there. So, technically, it did get a chance. Well, I mean, you were holding in with Chris Carter here on set the other week. I mean, making me ask all the questions, I tell you. No, 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 because because I needed some some upgrades to my contract situation, (laughs) which which included air condition, you know, air condition Uh, for live shows. uh, And and we we found that common ground. I didn't get the 20 mil a year, right? I was looking for 20 mil a year. I settled on the air condition. And doing the comforts, you know, how we do a little remote action here. So it worked out. Deontay didn't get his 20, but he took the 18. He said, you know what, I'll do it to you for the 18. That'll work. So, you know, it's compromise over here. Life is all about compromise. So I've been t- that's what my you know that's what my wife keeps telling me. I don't I don't believe it though. I tell you, uh, Motsi, they only say that when it's beneficial for them. That's all. <laughs> Motsi, when we were when we were in break, and again, you know, I'm, I'm doing all like we've got things that we want to talk about on every show, but we are kind of at that point in training camp too, where you've got to you got to fish for topics a little bit, and until we start getting back to these preseason games and some real some real reps and, and snaps to discuss. Um, one final. Uh, Depth chart. That's the word I was looking for. Observation that stood like, out to me. Going with this thing, <laughs> uh, you know, we we've spent a lot of time talking about depth at edge rusher. I think more so in that position certainly than others. But another position that we have discussed depth a little bit has been the tackle position, the offensive tackle position. I guess we've discussed it on the defensive line as well too. Um, but you know, Dan Moore Jr. chooks a core for nothing really. You know, in terms of a, a high pedigree free agent or a high pedigree draft pick added um, for competition in that regard. But when you 
look at the uh, Steelers' first depth chart that was released, Trent Scott listed as the backup uh, right tackle there. Does he feel like the guy um, in your mind right now that has the, the, the leg up, the advantage in the like the swing tackle position, you know, to be that sixth offensive lineman in, in some of those heavy sets? No, I mean, he definitely could have that because of that versatility and stuff like that. But as a whole, man, when I'm thinking about those those interior offense, well, not even interior offensive linemen, just those versatile offensive linemen, you know, the one that I continue to think of is LeGlue. Yeah. Because to me, he's that dude that we've seen literally at every position up there, uh, minus center, I believe it is. But we've seen him at both guard spots. We've seen him at both tackle spots. So to me, he's one of those guys that I look at and say, man, he could potentially have that leg up as well when you're talking about just trying to carve out that role as that swing tackle, that next man up. LeGlue is a guy that you guarantee to have a helmet in theory because of his ability to play inside and outside and the familiarity there as well, man. It certainly is, and and he was a guy who who showcased that versatility at times last season uh, when the Steelers desperately needed it. Um, you know when they had when they had a ton of different injuries on that offensive line all over the place. Uh, and trust me, and, and and not to and I didn't mean to cut you off, no, but you're good, not you're to good. Uh, to downplay Trent. I still think Trent is going to be in that conversation. I mean, he's been in this league. I want to say what four or five years now, if I remember correctly. I Obviously, so, spent yeah. a couple of seasons in Carolina, so. There is still a certain um, level of professionalism that is going to come with Trent, a certain level of trust that is going to come with him. Think about when we signed John LeGlue at that time, we weren't over the, uh, we weren't head over the hills in love with him. We didn't think that we would have to rely on him at any um, stretch of time during last season, but we saw him have to come in on numerous occasions and give us some quality snaps. Trent can very well be in that same conversation. He can very well be a guy. And Joe Haig is another one. I don't want to uh, downplay him because he had to come in and do similar things. But, yeah, all three of those guys, to me, are very similar in how I'm viewing them, my expectations for them. I think that they can all help us out. But it's hard for me to, like, lean one versus the other, even with the depth chart as it currently is, because we know – the distills, man, they like to mix and match these dudes, they do. regardless of what they the do. paper says. You know, the paper say this guy only plays guard, and he'll be over here starting at left tackle <laughs> in preseason two because we're sitting this guy out. Like, that's right. just how we right. operate in Pittsburgh. So when I think of those guys, I'm just like, man, I feel like all three of them, um, in terms of Joe Haig, uh, John Legault, and Trent Scott, they're all – in that scene, and, and even Chaz Green to an extent, I don't want to. I don't want to forget about him because all of those guys are what we call what journeymen to an extent, right? They've bounced around, they've started in other places, they've had some success to a certain extent, other places, but they haven't been able to carve out a long-term role as a starter, above reproach, second contract, third contract type of guys. So with that, you're just trying to see of that bunch of those group. I mean, of that group, who is going to emerge as the most consistent? Who's going to emerge as the guy that we can trust the most? And that's the part where these preseason games have to get played out. But to me personally, I lean John LeGlue just because the familiarity here, just because what he's been able to do inside and outside for the Steelers team. It's good that they've, you know, they, they at least got some some experience, you know, in terms of their hands in that pile between LeGlue, between Haig, between Trent and Scott. Um because, you know, that's – listen, it's a physical position. We all know that. Playing in the trenches, you've talked about it a million times. It, you're going to get banged up there. You're going to need guys 
uh, who can who can come in in the course of games, maybe over a week, whatever it may be. Um, and it, it does seem I like I mean, shoot, I'm retired. I still I'm still recovering from the trenches. Come on, man. You're still yeah, recovering the from the dirty, trenches. Man. Still recovering from the trenches. <laughs> You know it. Hey, that's that's where them big boys play for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Trenton Scott, uh, four seasons in the NFL. This will be his fifth. Uh, two, first two with the Chargers, last two uh, with Carolina. Over the last two years, he started 19 games in the past two mm-hmm. seasons. So that's, I mean, that's real tangible um, spin that he got there. You know, 19 games over the last two seasons that he started for Carolina. Um, that that to me is you know that's a that's a good guy to have uh, in the competition throwing his hand in the pile yeah uh, 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 someone that you know that you don't panic if if he has to be used um, well, and I was you know also, over over a span of time yeah and I was gonna I agree with you on that and I was also gonna add that for the people that hear oh well he started nineteen games over the past two seasons in Carolina Carolina hasn't been world beaters Carolina their offense line hasn't been the best. I get that, and you definitely acknowledge that. And, no, that is context. But what you can't discredit is in-stadium experience. Those in-season reps, those having to play against a Cameron Jordan in certain instances, having to play against uh, Jason Pierre-Paul or Shaquille Barrett, some of those guys that were in, you know, the the division. It's, the yeah, NFC it's a good South pass rusher division, in. yeah. It's like, man, you're going to have some experiences. You're going to learn a lot about yourself, what you do well and what you struggle with. But I think as a whole, all of that is valuable information. All of that will help him, along with some of the other players that we've discussed in the past that didn't come from, you know, uh, franchises or position groups that were viewed highly in the NFL in their current time, you can still learn from that and that can still help them in terms of Trent be a better player going forward. So to me, I, that's just one that just for the people that are out there a little bit pessimistic about, you know, mm-hmm. him coming from Carolina, it's like, no, don't look at it and only think of the negative. Understand that, hey, man, what he was able to learn down there, the experiences that he was able to endure down there are only going to help him going forward. Yeah, and we're all jacked up about Miles Jack and James Daniels as well too, and they're coming from uh, from rough situations in Chicago and in Jacksonville as well. So make sure you're keeping those things level-headed. That's well said there by Mr. Motes. We got a few more tweets rolling in. We'll get to those before we close out here in the first hour. I'm assuming, I haven't been told this for sure, but I'm assuming that we're not going to have a Steelers alumni here at the tent today uh, since practice is being moved over to Latrobe Memorial. I will imagine that's where the Steelers alumni of the day will be heading uh, to take part in everything. Bus is still here, so the team hasn't left yet, but about 40 minutes from now, they will practice at Latrobe Memorial right down the road here from campus. Normal practice time, 1.55. You don't need a ticket. It's free to get in, so if you're on your way uh, out this uh, direction to Latrobe, campus is closed at St. Vincent. Head to Latrobe Memorial for uh, a pretty cool Monday matinee practice uh, just a few minutes here from campus. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, we'll take you up until 2 o'clock right here on SNR. Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Getting ready 
before practice here, I see some of the Steelers lining up, getting ready to get on the buses, some of the media members, some of our colleagues as well, too. Young Jacob was on those buses on Friday. But, of course, practice at Latrobe Memorial Friday Night Lights was canceled due to inclement weather. Because of that, the Steelers are trying to still get out there amongst the community and at Latrobe Memorial. Uh, so practice will be there today at 155. It's free and open to the public, so don't come to campus. It's closed today. Head on over to Latrobe Memorial for what should be a pretty cool setting, just about seven minutes or so uh, here from St. Vincent College. Wes Euler, Arthur Motes, it's the Steelers Blitz. We'll take you up until 2 o'clock today when uh, when practice begins. Motesy, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things I like about doing this show with you. Uh, you're funny, you're energetic, you're a joy to whoa, be whoa, around. Whoa, what you right? mean I'm funny, huh? Do I look like I tell jokes to you? What you mean I'm funny? Huh? Uh, like what a clown, like I amuse huh? you. Huh? Do I amuse you? What you trying to say? Huh? You think I'm funny? I, I, I'm funny to you? Funny I'm how? funny to you? Hmm? Oh, but, I'm just checking. <laughs> no, no, I mean like the way you tell the story. It's funny. <laughs> um... Uh, there's a lot of different reasons why I enjoy doing this program, the Steelers Blitz, with you. I mean, we got four years in the books. This will be our fifth Man, season. Man, let's go. Salute us, baby. Doing Salute the show. Us. I tell you what, we're out of college and into grad school, baby. Woo! Let's get it, man. Uh, we're going for the Masters right now, or the Doctorate, or something, or I don't know. Maybe we're one just them, Chris. Maybe we're things. just Chris Farley and Tommy Boy, and we're going to spend seven years getting our degree. Um, I thought it was old school. We just going to keep coming back for the parties. Van Wilder as well, too. Hey. Uh, that's Now we're talking. Um, you know, I like being able to pick your brains about a lot of the things that go on, you know, outside of the, the lines of the football field, a lot of the, the business of football, if you will, right? And, and you, obviously, you played through th- for three different organizations. You went through contract extensions, nine years in the league. You, you've got a lot of experience. You've been in a lot of different locker rooms. There, there haven't been too many things uh, that you haven't witnessed or been a part of or experienced during your time in the NFL. Well, right now, the Cleveland Browns in the Steelers division, of course, the AFC North, I got to ask you about this Kareem Hunt situation. And for those that are unfamiliar, Kareem Hunt, of course, the Browns running back. You could call him the backup right behind Nick Chubb, but he's pretty darn good for a backup, Uh, has had himself a a very, uh, very successful NFL career um, and is part of that that very solid rushing attack in Cleveland. Motsi, due to a lot of reports out of uh, Brown's camp and out of Cleveland, he requested a trade with the team. He's entering the last year of his contract. He wants to go somewhere where they'll give him a contract extension, and Cleveland is not interested in doing that. He requests a trade. The Browns' reports are they're saying no. He's holding out of practice. Have you ever have you ever experienced anything like this? Did you ever experience anything like this with any of your teammates or anything? How does this get resolved? Is this a who blinks first scenario? What can you what do you got for me on a player requesting a trade, the team saying no, the player holding out and you know how just that affects training camp and everything ongoing and and trying to come to a conclusion uh with this Kareem Hunt situation in Cleveland. Well, just to double check I could be off. I thought he was holding in. Um, I thought he was doing the new wave thing, right? Is well, he still holding in? Or, let's or, let's, say, let's he, see here. Because huh? I know prior to, I think it was prior to Sunday, he was definitely still on the hold in. They were talking about how okay. he was showing up, but not participating in like the team element of it. I was going to say, so if it's still that part, yes, I have seen that. But in terms of if it shifts <laughs> to this hold out where he's here and then he leaves, no, I have not seen that. 
I'm just trying to make sure for you know what I mean for clarity, like right. Because they're they're two different things, and, and the reason um, I'm laughing, but in all seriousness, the significance is this: if he's holding in, he still is committed. He's still a part of it. He's still invested. He's still saying to the guys, "Hey, man, I'm still a part of this thing. I'm still in the fight. We'll get this money thing situated, but I'm still here for you guys." The hold out is a little bit different. The whole doubt is the message that, hey, man, I am not a part of this thing in any way, shape, or form. If they don't get my money right, I'm not thinking about you guys. That's just how it comes off at times from the player's element of it. But once again, man, um, in terms of Kareem Hunt, if we're just talking about the simple case of is he a guy that you're interested in? Is he a guy that you would even consider? I think that you know, you, you obviously look into him because of what he's been able to do throughout his career. He's a former Pro Bowl running back. You called their rushing attack in Cleveland good. Man, we know that they elite over there yeah. when it comes to running One of the ball. best in the league, And certainly. he's a part of it. Absolutely. So, yeah, and when you start talking about what his impact would be, potential roles and fit, well, this is a guy that is already coming from a shared backfield where he's had to share it with a top five running back at Nick Chubb. Well, we want ourselves to have a top five running back. Hopefully, Najee Harris can come into that role definitively this season. But Kareem Hunt is already familiar with being a 1B or a number two option. So now you're asking money-wise, can you make that work? Does that look like that could work? From his previous contract, I think he was getting paid around, was it two mil a year? I think uh, I think that was two to three mil in that range. Yes. So depending on, you know, if you ask yourself, do you want to potentially spend three, five to four on a Kareem Hunt, but you know what he brings to your backfield, you know what he would mean to Najee Harris, and you know if Najee goes down at any time this season, what you have in a Kareem Hunt. Well, yeah, if you feel you know that strongly about him and the money isn't too much for you, then you go with that. But at the same time, you also have to think that, hey, if you're excited about Anthony McFarlane, if you feel like Benny Snell has turned over a new leaf, or even some of the newer guys that we've picked up, Jalen Warren, we've talked about what he's been able to do at training camp. If you want to give those guys the full benefit of the doubt, if you want to give those guys the full opportunity to carve out a role on this roster, well, then, yeah, man, you don't touch Kareem Hunt. You don't even think about bringing him over because, to me, if you bring him over here, that kills whoever's trying to be RB2. You know what I mean? Because oh, you're not 100%. him yeah. off RB2. Right. But at the same time, if you feel like, yo, all we need to do is solidify this RB2 position and we don't mind spending a little bit more on that position, then you go ahead and do that because he definitely makes your team a better football team. I mean, we know what he's been doing in Cleveland since he's joined there. And like I said, that's with him having a – very much diminished role in contrast to what it was when he was in Kansas City, and he still has found a way to be very impactful for them. Yeah, I, I mean, you're absolutely right there. I, I don't think that there's any real consideration on the Steelers' part to acquire him. Um, you know, and, and again, because he's a guy that you would have to give a new contract extension to, uh, and what kind of money is he going to want? Is he going to want? Is that going to make sense? Obviously, when when you want Najee Harris, when Najee Harris is the bell cow and you've still got him on his rookie deal for a few more years here. Um, and of course too, I mean, what would Cleveland want to trade him to a team in the division? It would probably be a, a, a even more of an asking price than, you know, maybe if the Seattle Seahawks came calling or, or someone along those lines. Um, 
I am interested to see, though, you know, because we have seen the Steelers, they've worked out a few different running backs. Um, you know, they brought McNichols in here. They're in the running back market. They that's are clear. The that's, like, the, that's, the, that's the the what market. I was looking they're for. Looking. They are in the running yeah. back market. They're, they're window shopping just about every single day. Um, and, and, and if we, we've been looking in the, the bargain racks, we done looked at the, hey, it's kind of used. It's got a little dent on it, but it's still nice. We looked at that. Now the floor model. At, okay. Right now we're looking at the higher end model. This was, hey man, it was a rich owner of this car. He only used it like once a month, and you know what? He's kind of like, I don't want it anymore. Now we're looking at this, I right, a little bit more pricier, but you know what you're getting in terms of the quality of it. So yes. the stills are definitely. I mean, they're in the market. We know this. <laughs> they they certainly are. And you know, two while we're well, let's stay there for a second because I think two names to keep an eye on in that regard. Um, Two running backs that if you you know if you're if you're in lockstep if you've been paying attention oh as the buses are leaving the buses are leaving campus police escort from the Latrobe police down to the high school stadium Latrobe Memorial pretty cool uh, if you are heading that way you might see the buses pulling in as well uh, two other names Motsi that have been kicked around is a lot you know you and I we talked in the first hour of the show about, you know, you're always keeping an eye on two guys who could potentially be released around the league at the end of the season, someone that you could add, um, you know, and, and having room for those things to, to, to operate in that capacity as well, too. Two names that, that I keep hearing that are, that are you know, if you read reports online, a lot of uh, different NFL insiders and, and the like are reporting that these guys could be camp casualties, that they're on the bubble right now. The first is Ronald Jones the second, of course, of the Chiefs. Well, and the Joe. The second is Miles Gaskin of the Dolphins. Both of those guys, um, you know, for 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 money reasons in terms of what they're making compared to some of their their other teammates, uh, in terms of guaranteed dead cap money there as well too, and maybe just the performance and the other uh, you know uh, bodies that those teams have in camp. But either of those names, Ronald Jones the second or Miles Gaskin, stand out to you as is one who could be a fit for the Steelers. One that I mean, yeah, if if the, one of those guys is released, I would certainly kick the tires on. I mean, yeah, when you're talking about the RB2 element of it, uh, Ronald Jones, I mean, we know what he was able to do in Tampa the year they won the Super Bowl. Um, when he's healthy, I mean, he's definitely a really good player, without a doubt. And same can be said about Gaskins. I think that both of those guys, for what we will be looking for, could be those answers. Um, another guy that I would add is Josh Jacobs. I know the Raiders mm. went on record afterwards and tried to mm. debunk it, but those are the reports coming out of uh, Vegas that – Josh Jacobs could potentially be moved, could potentially uh, not be on that roster come week one. So he's another name when you're talking about potential running backs and RB2s and how we look at those guys. Yeah, that's a part of it because what we're seeing in today's NFL is it's not as clear cut as RB1 is RB1 and we don't need anybody else. We're seeing a lot of teams like the Green Bay Packers. They had Aaron Jones, who they had just gave a nice deal to, and they did what? They brought in A.J. Dillard. Yep. Uh, A.J. Dillard. The, you talk about what the Browns have done with Nick Chubb and then bringing in a Kareem Hunt. We, even with uh, Tampa Bay, they have Ronald Jones. And who did they bring in? Leonard Fournette as well. So we're seeing it's not always a clear one and two. It's one A and this is one B, or this is one A and this is a close two who's still going <laughs> to get snaps because you have to keep these guys fresh. We know the difficulty in the physical ramifications or the physical requirements of that running back position. So you're constantly trying to figure out how can I get the most out of that room while at the same time keeping everybody as healthy as possible. Well, bringing in some higher end number two guys, I think helps out in that capacity um, directly. 
No, it, it absolutely does. And, and Josh Jacobs, another great one that, that you bring into the conversation here too. I mean, geez, just a couple years ago, people were you know mentioning him as, as one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the league. Had a had a couple monster seasons for um, for the for the Raiders there as well too. But that is you know just quite often how quickly life moves at that position in the National Football League. Certainly as well too. Yeah, I'd be interested in all those guys. I mean, you know, Miles Gaskin too. Um, he was the Dolphins' leading rusher last season. Um, you know, they bring in Raheem Mostert. They bring in Sony Michelle as well too, I believe. Um, and they've had a lot of staff changes there. Mike McDaniel is there now, and he was obviously with Mostert in, in San Francisco. So maybe he's kind of reading between the lines there. Um, it's going to be, I think, uh, there's going to be, I should say, is the better is the right way to put this, a real possibility for the Steelers to add a running back, I think, still with some name recognition, right? Like, I'm not going to say a household name because I don't think it's going to be that extreme. But if you're an NFL fan, you know, if you if you are a fan of the league and you pay attention to, to the other 31 teams around the league, not just the Steelers, I think by the time we get to the the end of this month here, Motsi, by the time we get you know to 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 September, um, that there's going to be some you know some accomplished running backs who are are going to be available all of a sudden, and I gotta think the Steelers are are going to be interested in you know if there's the right fit and all those things, and they're still not in love with what they see out here through the rest of camp and of course the preseason games. Um, there's going to be some names out there that Steelers fans will recognize that they'll be able to kick the tires on. No, absolutely, man, and trust me. The Steelers are aware of that. Us as the fan base is aware of that. And the players are aware of that. So I'm hoping that the benefit of this is that your Benny Snells and your Anthony McFarlane's, they just continue to be more consistent in practice, continue to have better preseason performances when these games actually start. I think that they have to allow this to be a benefit and not the negative or you're constantly looking over your shoulder, right? And you're, you're playing tight. You're not being your normal self and being a loose player, like which we always feel like that's when we're at our optimal, right? But with this, man, this is definitely motivation for those guys, man. The more names you hear, the more buzzing and questioning of, hey, man, should this guy have interest there? You take it as disrespect if you're, you know, one of these running backs on this roster Absolutely. not named Najee Harris. You have to take it that way. And then from there, you go out there each and every day and you prove to this coaching staff that they are wasting their time. And that's what you let them know. Hey, man, you're wasting your time. I'm here. I'm going to be the guy. You'll see it. And I'm going to continue to show it, not just in practice, but when we get to these preseason games and so forth. But that's got to be the mentality because otherwise they're going to keep looking. They're going to keep checking all around the league, active, inactive, practice squad, yep. retired, to see who they can bring in here because that's just the nature of this game, and that's what makes it so unique. It absolutely does. It is, uh, it's a business, as Arthur Motes has laid out for us very uh, many times on this program. And, yeah, uh, you, you speak from experience there, too, because as you've, as you've also laid out over the years, you've been in that position where, you know, you're here and the, the team is out shopping. Maybe they bring in some a high-pedigree person like Jarvis Jones here while you were in Pittsburgh, right? Maybe it's uh, people through free agency. Maybe it's tryouts. Um, that is something that it can either make you or it can break you, and we'll certainly be keeping an eye on that as it relates to the running backs uh, over these, these three preseason games. And uh, for the next 10 days here, as uh, today is Monday, August 8th, the 18th will be the final day of training camp 
in Latrobe on the campus of St. Vincent College. That's where we're broadcasting from, but don't head here if you're on your way to practice right now. Latrobe Memorial is where things will happen today. Uh, the Steelers' buses are gone. The team is on their way. They're probably arriving here any minute as it is just right around the corner, open to the public, free to the public, uh, in a really cool, intimate setting there. So head on over to Latrobe Memorial uh, as we are just about 20 minutes or so from the start of practice. Arthur Motes and I will take you up until the start of practice. We'll close down the show as we often and do when we return on the other side with your tweets. I've got a few bookmarked here already at Wesley Euler. If you've got any questions, comments, concerns, or reactions for the show before we get out of here, you're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Black and gold football lives here 24 7. You're listening to SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Back on the Blitz, live on the campus of St. Vincent College in a hot and sunny and beautiful Latro, Pennsylvania. No practice here today, though. It's sunny, it's hot, it's beautiful, but it's quiet here on campus because practice begins 10 minutes from now at Latrobe Memorial Stadium. And uh, hopefully for all of you who are planning on heading out here today, you have uh, relayed the message. We have certainly done our part in that regard. Uh, I've tried to mention every single segment at least once or twice that it is at Latrobe Memorial Stadium today. Motsi, Jeff tweets us. He's on the ground over there at Latrobe Memorial. Oh, okay, okay. And he says it might be quiet over there at St. Vincent, but I am over here at Latrobe Memorial Stadium, and it is not quiet with four exclamation points. So I believe him because that's some serious exclamation points there. And that is that's I'm sure that doesn't surprise you, right? That's like that's part of what's so cool over there. It, it folks, to paint the picture for those of you who haven't been there, it, uh, picture your high school football stadium. I mean, it's the bleachers, it's the field. There's a little track that separates it. Um, and Steelers fans get a really close, you know, up close and personal look at the team, and, and I'm sure they're over there making some noise and cheering and getting getting rowdy for the boys. Oh, 100% they are. I mean, this is a part of training camp. This is the part that makes it so special here in Steelers Nation. That fan base with the players and being able to bridge that gap, um, that high school field, man, it's going to just, like I said, give them that chance, man. And I'm glad to hear that. Even though there was a short notice switcherooski, that the guys are still going to be able to be out there and have a crazy atmosphere with rabid fans the way that we like to hear them out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, uh, you know, we talked a lot about how um, there's the majority of the Steelers roster has not experienced St. Vincent and training camp here in Latrobe coming in to this process a couple weeks ago. Well, all those same guys, they had never gotten to practice out at Latrobe Memorial. It won't quite be Friday Night Lights, but hopefully still a lot of fun uh, for the fans that are over there, certainly, and uh, for the players that are getting to do that for the first time, or the vets uh, that are getting to get back there again after they were thinking maybe that that was going to be canceled on Friday night. To the tweets we go, at Wesley Euler, if you want to lob in a, a last-minute one here. we got a few to get to to close out the show today. Uh, our buddy Britsburg Owen, Motsi. Oh, that's my guy. You know that. Ah, Britsburg Owen from across the pond. There's only one Britsburg Owen. He wants. He says, all right, well, you guys are talking about the Rondell Carter signing. Who has been cut to make room on the roster? You know, good question there, Britsburg. Um, 
And so far, right, this is just – these are reports now, very credibly locally and nationally, reporting that the Steelers have signed Rondell Carter. But the team hasn't announced it yet, so we're not sure who um, who will be replaced, who that could be. Um, and I, I believe, Motsi, right, we won't know that until the signing is officially announced correct. by the team. Yes, that is correct. So – um, probably at some point today, later this afternoon, we'll get that information. Um, I don't anticipate, I mean, maybe Rondell's already in town and the signing is going to be happening, so he'll be able to practice. I'm not sure the speed in which all of this is taking place. but the timeline, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's one of those things, man, just time and why. Just got to wait a little bit. Oh, man, so you're telling me if he's not here yet, that means that some poor soul is going uh-huh. to get on the bus, go over there and practice, mm-hmm get beat up in the heat, get back on the oh, bus, yeah. and then be told, hey, uh, thanks for your services, but they're no longer required. Oh, yeah. We, we, we call that the janky move. I mean, it's been plenty Ooh. of times that last week of preseason, right, before the regular season starts, where we'll have a bonus practice prior to the final roster cut, and we will see all these guys going out there to practice. And after that last practice is over, you'll just see all the scouts, all the interns just waiting at the other field, to point the guys when they're coming off. Hey, you, come on. Don't even go, don't even get undressed. Just keep coming. Come on. Come on. Don't worry about it. Just come on. <laughs> yep. Coach wants to see you upstairs. Like, oh. yeah. Yeah. And we're always like, man, y'all Ooh. better than me. You knew you was going to find me before this practice. Don't have me come out here and give you that free labor. <laughs> yeah. Come on. That's exactly it. You just wanted you some free know, labor for a few more hours. This. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get to see that uh, play out as it relates to the Detroit Lions, because a new season of Hard Knocks coming at you starting tomorrow. So we'll get to see some of those uh, some of those cut situations once again, that unique look that HBO gives uh, at a training camp every single year. Keith tweets us here, Motsi, and he says, Hey guys, question for you about the new updated lowering your helmet rule. He said, I've only seen this penalty thrown on defensive players. Is there anything in this new rule or discussions about wide receivers or running backs lowering their helmets purposely to get called for the 15-yard penalty as well? I do think wide receivers initiate a lot of those penalties. Uh, I mean, that's a nice analysis, and that was part of the uh, argument when this rule was first implemented back in, was that 2012, I think it was? About about, about 10 years, I think, yeah. Yeah, so initially, I mean, they were – uh, doing that preseason, they would call it a couple of times on some of these running backs that would lower their heads. But at the end of the day, it went back to what we thought it would be. You know, it's always on the defense because they want to see the offensive players have success. They want to see the offensive players continue to, I guess, you know, put up astronomical numbers. And once again, as a defender, we always figure out ways to adjust. We figure out ways to you know, make them want to create new rules to help them out even more. So to me, I just look at it as it's going to suck for the defenders initially, but this is just a testament to defense continuing to kick offenses butts as a whole. And the <laughs> offense is needing to find any way possible to have some success out here. So it is what it is. Is that your, cause you know, this guy Keith who tweeted us, he doesn't have a profile picture on his account. Is, is that your mm-hmm. burner account, Mozi? No, no, because see, for me, why would you, I care you, about, you wanted you, know, to, you wanted, you wanted to that. dunk on the offense there, didn't you? No, not at all, because it's the thing. You only got to dunk on people when you don't feel like you're above these people, man. As a player, we already know defense has the best players, so I don't need to go out there and always <laughs> remind the offense of how bad they are. It's like, yo, look at the rules. You can't touch them. You can't do this. You can't do that. that. Hey, truth. you land on them, but you can't do this. It's like, hey, 
y'all got this long list of stuff. We don't have to go out here and always talk about that. Not at all. Not at all. It's been going on forever. It's been going on forever, hasn't it? I mean, even back in Jack Lambert's day, talking about how they were doing too much pampering of these quarterbacks and offensive players. They they said Mel Blunt was too good. They switched that rule up. Come on, man. This is what we do. So for us as defenders, we take pride in this. In five years from now, they'll have another new rule to help the offense out. Yeah, that's Give right. Give them all the help they get. But you know what's funny, too? If Jamar Chase keeps breaking records, they're not going to, like, make a rule to slow him down exactly. anytime soon. Hey, and, hey, and offensive make- players can't stiff. <laughs> they haven't said offensive players can't stiff on a defender in the face mask, have they? But, yet, if you touch an offensive player's face mask, it's a 15-yarder. They are punching players in the face mask at times, and it's okay. So, once again, man, they never make those type of adjustments for the defense, but we don't expect it, nor are we looking for it. Made a rule to slow down Mel Blunt, but they didn't think to do that when Jerry Rice was lighting the league up. Unbelievable, I tell you. Steeler Nation 920, our buddy up in Wisconsin. Uh, (laughs) He's got two good questions for you. Uh, The first is for you. Motes, who was your biggest nemesis in the NFL? And he also wants to know, what's the best microwave meal to make when you're in bachelor mode? <laughs> All right, I'm going to work backwards. Best microwave movie. Yeah, let's start with that one. Rolls. I, I was right, just going to say, I was gonna say pizza rolls or <laughs> pizza rolls or bagel bites. Give it to me, baby. Yeah, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. You know what I mean? It's quicker, it's less mess, it's less cleanup than even doing your uh, your your uh, like ramen noodles and stuff like yeah. that in a microwave. Yeah, right? so nice and easy. I would definitely go with that, all right? Um, and in terms of man, your biggest nemesis. nemesis or golly, I'm going to, uh, I probably have like two guys. Um, the one, a lot of people know Richie, uh, Richie incognito. And that was more so just because, you know, we're in the trenches in the division. Um, I always played on his side of the line. It was him and Jake long. So we would always have those battles. Um, and it was fun, man. It was, he was one of the only people that I've ever wanted to, um, get thrown out of the league behind. So, yeah, <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. Huh? <laughs> but I was looking forward to it. I was like, you know what? I will gladly throw this crew away. I need this opportunity with you real quick, all right? But, you know, he, he's the first guy. And then um, the other guy was a uh, special teams guy named, I believe it was Nick Bellar. I think I said he said his last name. He played with the Jets. Um, but me and him, man, we had history going back from college. He played at uh, a rival college of mine. So it was, you know, just that carryover from that bad blood. And sure, then in the NFL, sure. Now you're getting in the division, Bills, Jets twice a year. Yeah, it, it was plenty of, um, let's see, moments and things that I've communicated to him that I probably wouldn't want my children to ever repeat. So we'll leave <laughs> it at that, all right? But those would be the two guys for me. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. You know, you yeah. gave us you gave us the, the PG versions there. I, I appreciate yes, it. Yes. I, I appreciate it. Well, because you know me. I'm always happy. So whenever you talk about a person that I would view as a nemesis, as a guy that I'm like, you know what? They're my joker. They got me to that dark side in those moments. Those are the two individuals. Yeah. It, it is rare. Like I said, it, it doesn't happen a lot for me in life. No, you're a happy guy. A player, it doesn't happen. But those two guys specifically, yes, I, I remember moments where I'm like, 
I will. I do not care about football this much. We can go handle this the way that we both are accustomed to handling this thing. You know, like that. That's that's where you're at with it at times, man. Mozi, we got about sixty seconds here. Last one. Our buddy Olu chiming in. Haven't heard Ooh, from him yes, in a while. Uh, he said you guys were laughing about the Hayward and the Watt brothers and potential of one of them not being around. How about the Davis brothers and them potentially Ooh. fighting for one last spot? You're absolutely right. I mean, think about how awkward that's going to be for Thanksgiving when it's like, hey, mom, I'm still with the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, you took my spot, chump. <laughs> like, that's real, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That that that's a that's that's maybe the uh you know the 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 brother uh storyline the family storyline we should be keeping an eye on more there. Oh yes. <laughs> but that's going to do it for us today. Uh no drive coming up next uh from practice as they are over at Latrobe Memorial uh not able to broadcast from there. So that's going to do it for us today. Big thanks to Jacob here on site, Brian back at the ranch, everybody who tweeted and listened to the show, and of course the best co-host in the business, Arthur Motes. Who, me? We'll be back to do it again tomorrow. As always, you know where to find us. It's at high noon on your 24-7, home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. When you want black and gold football talk, you want SNR. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.